The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome everyone and so glad you're with us today. And I, I love, part of the reason I love doing this show uh, is that each and every week I get to hear about welcome intentional spirits and it just triggers something in my in my heart uh, an opening away because I, I I'm very mindful that there's a big difference between people who have good intentions and people who are intentional and just as our guest is today and it's the kind of thing where you know you you live more inside out not outside in I don't know how many people I've met that they're going to do the book when you know, when they have a space of time, you know, good luck with that. They're going to, you know, stop drinking when they don't have any problems. Well, good luck with that. (laughs) They're going to make a change in their lives. Um, or they're going to become a speaker or a minister when, when they feel they get caught up on the other things. Those are people, they have good intentions. They don't get them accomplished because they're not intentional and intentional spirit moves forward walks forward, still keeps feeling the dream, emerging a little bit ahead, but in a non-stoppable, desirable way. So I've really been looking looking forward to featuring Howard Caesar. He is iconic in the unity movement, and he's somebody that internationally, which our show is, a lot of people need to know about. Welcome, Howard Caesar. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you, Temple. Delighted to be with you. Been looking forward to our time of chatting, really. Uh, me too. And um, with all that you've accomplished, and um, at, at one time you had the largest unity community, your CEO, multi-million dollar organization. You have a pyramid on your grounds and all of that. Early on in your life, did you did you see that this would be your path. Were you intentional about it? How, how did all of this come about with you, and how did you get engaged in being a thought leader? Well, uh, Temple, I, I think I, you know, I always had a uh, feel like I had a spiritual connection. I always felt close to God. I didn't always necessarily agree with uh, the theology I was being given as I was growing through, um, you know, the early years and through high school. Uh, but I seemed to have uh, some overwhelming sense of us being connected to all people on the planet, that they were all children of God. And I always felt uh, as much as it it seemed like there was a message you had to be Christian to get into heaven. I I didn't believe that, even on my own um, from early teens. I just felt like every person, uh, whether they grow up in another country and are introduced to a, a different path, uh, they're as much a child of God as anyone, and, and that in any way, in no way do they get held out of uh, a, a deep, deep connection with God. And so when I um, was introduced to unity, and I was about 20 or 21 right in there, um, 
it was like I had come home because here there was uh, not only a, a path that was called unity that I really believed we were unity with united with God and everyone was and uh, but here was the teachings that uh, really opened up a way in which it accepted all people it was all inclusive it honored all paths. Um, it recognized that you know we have the divinity within us that we are you know growing into the expression of, and it just made me feel really um, close to God. It answered so many questions to me when I found new thought and uh, and unity. And so then uh, basically I was kind of a shy guy. I was kind of introverted, and uh, I had a great reluctance to you know move into any kind of leadership or being a minister. But I I did say to myself um, and kind of got you know I'd I'd really like to inspire people and teach people and love people into being all that they're created to be. And so um, in my early 20s, I said, you know, I think I'll I'll make as a goal becoming a minister when I'm 40. <laughs> and you, you began this program with 40 things <laughs> off. That was a safe route. Well, I'm like 20 now, but I'm going to put this out there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, you know, and what I, what I rationalize, as we always do when we're afraid of something, is I, I said, who's going to listen to a kid, a young guy in his early 20s? And finally, I was kind of miserable, and that's what you know, kind of being miserable does is it asks you, asks you to look inside. And um, one day, one day, I was just deep in prayer, and I and I got uh, from the question, you know, what am I to do? Uh, I'm just I'm not I'm not terribly miserable, but I'm I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. And I got this voice that was uh, you know so strong. It said, "I told you what to do. You're the one putting it off." And that's those were the exact words. And so in that moment, I just said, okay, all right, I'll trust, and uh, I'll mm-hmm. go forward. So I applied for ministry and was accepted, went to ministry, and um, went on from there. And, and the rest is kind of history in terms of my spiritual path and never looked back. And I've always, always been immensely grateful that I followed that guidance. And what would you feel, because... Um you know, you have been such a significant leader, and um, there, that's one thing that I that I see often from my own perspective, of course. But there's so many people that come that come and enter into our communities, and and they they deny this great leadership, you know, part of them, and they they kick back into that woundology of not enough or the invisibility. You know, we would see that year after year, right? In our communities of crowds mm-hmm. is that you'd see somebody, you'd see somebody, you'd see somebody, they'd sign up, they would join this, they would volunteer and they'd be like, whoa, this person's everywhere. I remember going to a board meeting one time and about seven of the board members were talking about this new person. <laughs> <laughs> that they had on their team and they were so giddy and then they we find out we're all talking about the same person <laughs> but then but then it's like but where did they go you know what what happened um you you're a, a great teacher what what would you say to people that are like you're saying you you felt the calling but you're you're wanting to be in that i mean how what are the words of of wisdom that that we use that say step forward you know don't deny yourself your ability don't go hiding 
Well, I think that uh, we're all in the process of spiritually awakening and uh, being moving in that direction. One has to be very vigilant, and being vigilant also includes having inner integrity. And inner integrity means really, really facing yourself. It means really getting honest with yourself and looking at those parts of yourself that are afraid that you know keep you know jerking out to this place and that place and this place and looking for something more uh, before they actually have established the foundation of where they were led first and initially. We can't go into the deep until we really understand the living of what's in the shallows. And so for some, it's just this part of our mind that is separate. You know, I, I really teach quite a bit that there is this separate self that we create, uh, sometimes referred to as the ego, and it's the split mind, as the Course in Miracles speaks of it, but it's the part that, you know, keeps saying, seek and do not find, seek and do not find. So you keep looking for something as opposed to really working and being vigilant on what you've been led to uh, that has fed you, that has given you expanse uh, versus contract energies and to um, just stay with that everything has difficult times and difficult difficult moments and ups and downs and so when something gets a little bit rough and rugged um, we can't kind of bolt uh, we have to again be ha- have that inner integrity that says you know what's this about what can I learn from this what is being asked of me to change um, I've been led to this this is part of my path and uh, I'm not going to ignore the lesson that is here for me it's part of my curriculum. So uh, a lot of it has to be with being vigilant and being uh, totally honest with one's self, and that's not always easy. What's coming up is like a a poster, you know, that says the greatest lies are the ones you tell yourself. You know, it's just like in big letters right now, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's just, and that is so much a, a part of it, of what you're talking about, that that integrity with yourself because it it often will show up in other ways like i i say in in my book and i'm also it's so excited to talk about yours um one plus one is one is that you know you can you can do some kind of lie you can call it a white lie a little lie a socially acceptable lie but mm-hmm. you can't lie to your body i mean eventually it will lie you down you know in one way or another to to force the truth. And as a frame of reference, when I used to move forward and then become afraid and then go hide or step forward as a leader and then deny and then go hide um, and wouldn't fully step into that. Or like you said earlier, was just afraid, you know, um, and I Mm -hmm. kept trying to project it, you know, at the end of my life when I got all my playing seeds out of the way (laughs) and I've been to enough disco bars, I think I'll surrender to this (laughs) life, you know, that kind of thing. But what would happen is I would get sick, you know, I get physically ill and then I would be just forced to, to really deal with this, to really look at this integration, you know, metaphysically. So with you, with the years that, that, that you served and, and I'm, I'm sure you, you will have new ideas come up through the years because 40 years is a a long time of, of dedication and, and life. Do you have some some of your fondest memories that that come to mind that you go, wow, that's that's my takeaway from that experience? Do you have some things that stand out? I think uh, we all have moments where uh, you know we just felt really connected with spirit. I always go back to actually um, a big moment when I was um, 15 years old. 
and um we lived up against uh, like a, a swamp that uh, a woods that went on for miles, and then as you walked along the edges of it, there were farmers' fields and different things like that. And I just remember one fall day, I uh, at the end of um, at the end of the day, it was it was you know nearing actually sunset. I went for a walk, and it was blustery and um, kind of brisk, a fall day in Wisconsin. And I was walking along the edge of this woods, and um, I just paused kind of at the top of a hill uh, that was in a, a little field there overlooking the woods. And I, I just had come over me um, this incredible sense of, of the presence of God it was all around and in everything. The wind blowing in my face, the wind blowing leaves from the tree that I stood under on that hill. Um, coming down, uh, the sound of the, we, the, the the trees blowing and swaying uh, in the wind, uh, it just all seemed to come alive, and I just felt that there were, the presence was in it all. And I remember I just started tearing up, and I had no problem that I was facing, no difficulty, no nothing. Um, but I, I, I keep going back in my life uh, as that being one of the moments where uh, you just never know when a window opens or a door swings open and your heart expands and you let in this feeling of, and it's often in nature, it doesn't have to be, but it was for me. And and uh, I just remember how overwhelmed I was with uh, the preciousness, the gift of life, um, being, being alive, uh, feeling it all, uh, being in my heart, um, it just felt a real closeness. So, I mean, that was one among many. I, I have had many with, you know, with congregants and friends and family and where you feel uh, a deep connection that it just kind of expands and flowers your heart a bit. And um, uh, you're just grateful for all of those moments. And that was one. I've, I, I certainly, I had, uh, you know, um, you know, we'll eventually maybe get to the fact that I had some um, trips to India uh, studying at the Oneness University, and f- there for the first time I actually had uh, a couple of mystical experiences. I don't know if I'm prepared to talk about them all on uh, radio because they're so personal and powerful, but um, I always thought, you know, everyone else gets to talk about having these mystical experiences. I wonder if they really exist. <laughs> and then um, somewhere in my um, latter part of life um, and latter part of ministry, um, I was going there once a year and, and had um, some portals open that were um, quite amazing, and I'm forever thankful. It, it seems that like there's a common thread throughout your entire life, um, prior and then as an adult, about oneness. It just seems that's kind of like the foundation, right? Your GPS. It just takes you to that yeah. space of of that power yeah. and and recognizing that and that essence and finding it places and and bringing people together to celebrate how there is the oneness and and the unity. That's 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 pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And have you knowingly been part of that, or have you always felt that there's the thread that you might feel you wander a bit, um, which we all do in a human suit, but that you feel Mm -hmm. like then there's an incident or a moment or you get called to something else that brings you, you know, right back to that space, right? Right, absolutely. Um, You know, I I think in in a sense, 
I feel like my whole life has always been about oneness, and I really feel everybody's life is about oneness, moving beyond um, separation consciousness, uh, returning home to the heart, uh, heart intelligence, um, oneness with spirit, um, and um, doing all they can to um, really quiet down the chatter of the mind and move to a sense of stillness where you feel connected to the divine. Now, that's a process. It's ongoing. It's it's lifelong. Uh, I feel like, you know, I've had moments where I was succeeding and moments where I fell, uh, fell on my face a bit and then had to make my way back. But I feel like my whole life has been about um, this idea. That's what I've always uh, sought to teach. And then um, I always wanted to just deepen in a feeling of uh, oneness and connectedness and realizing that, you know, we really are one with it all, with all that is. That really oneness, uh, I have concluded, is the most important spiritual principle there is to value. It is it is the Mount Everest to be climbed. It is the um, the top level of the Tower of Truth, and that basically all other spiritual principles and teachings emerge from that principle of oneness. Because oneness is really about love, and oneness with love, oneness with truth, oneness with source. And when you have that, then you are actually resonating with an energy field and a frequency that does forgive, that does behold everyone as divine, that does feel connected with all of life and all of nature, that does see one's neighbor as themselves. All of these things emerge out of deep, deep levels of awareness. Now, you know, it's 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 quite something to get there. There are layers to be peeled away because we have so much programming and so much conditioning from being in the world that we are seeking not to be of. And uh, and that is a continual process and that takes awareness. Awareness is is everything. It's an, it's noticing when you have something moving through you that physically from the body feels like it's contracting. It's taking energy away and eventually noticing that, tracking it to what it, what is the thought, what's the idea, and uh, releasing it uh, and uh, or feeling your way through it so that you can create space once again for something higher to move through. Now, a lot of us... Ha- you know, have a lot to learn to enter into that process. It's actually becoming more the observer, the witness of the mind, um, noticing that the body is actually a communicating device, that it's always telling you whether you're tuned in or um, unplugged uh, from truth and from your higher being. Um, so I just I just know that I've, I've made some strides, and I also know that there are various techniques and teachings um, and approaches that that just have to do with becoming more aware. And when you notice, the more that you're aware, the more you are given the opportunity to, to choose to heal and to return back to something of higher mind. And in, in, that, in that space of, of oneness, it's, um, I find that often with um, a staff member or, or a family member or anyone really, is that there's this space... Um, and in that oneness that you're talking about, the, the mm-hmm. what comes up for me is that I love when I there's no agenda, 
you know, I always pray when we're together, we release all agendas, <laughs> you know, because sometimes yeah, we've already yeah. figured out what we're going to say and what that's going to look like and sure. how that's going to unfold. And we're not doing it mm-hmm. intentionally, but we're just kind of setting ourselves up, you know, for this illusion of control. And we're going to get to these topics or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And yet mm-hmm. I have found that the beauty of, of what you're speaking about is the the oneness of the heart. It, you're hearing so much deeper than words you're not really hearing words anymore you're hearing a space like a soul space and it's so rich you know it's so beautiful because you can you can really identify with how close you are to someone else as a human being it's so powerful Mm -hmm. absolutely um it's all about, you know, connecting. And I think it was Mother Teresa that said our family circles are too small. Um, and that mm-hmm. basically we can, uh, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's difficult, depending on the family unit and what they've all been through and, and what they bring of their history. Uh, sometimes it's hard to feel connected um, to a family member and there's healing to be done. For others, uh, it's very easy um, because of the energy that is being emitted toward you. Um there is, you know, forgiveness in every family. Um, there are challenges that come up. Um, we're always learning and growing. That's what we're here for. Life is a school, as you know. And so um, I just, I'm grateful for my family. Um, and uh, I just, uh, I bless them. They've been through their challenges, too. And uh, you try and be there and support. Um, they have loved me, and I've loved them. And um, I just... Um, I'm very grateful for all aspects of of my life. But, you know, even with a family member, everything, closeness means being vulnerable and uh, bringing the the difficult things um, to the the table to talk through. Uh, Communication is creation. And when you are able to and willing to communicate with another and be vulnerable as to what you're feeling inside, even though it's not all wonderful, um, there's an opening up uh, that lets another person inside. And uh, so when one trusts another at that level, knowing they won't be condemned, and that's not always the case, I know, but that's something to learn is to just be able to hear and listen uh, and not judge. Um, and that's that's the very powerful way where, where people, family members and co-workers and uh, friendships are born and, and are able to just flourish. And then what we don't know that they're going to become. I was thinking of how, um, how much I enjoyed um, sitting in the space when you were doing the oneness gatherings when you were still at, at Unity of Houston, do you still do those? Um, well, right now we're talking COVID. So, but I mean, any other yeah. time, would you be doing, um, do you still do those kind of gatherings? They were very powerful. Um, yeah, actually, um, I was very much a part of like a, the oneness community at the ministry I was serving. And so uh, in passing off to a, a very capable person who both of us have as a dear friend and um, uh, is Reverend Michael Gott. And so um, anyway, to the church and to the leadership there on the board, um, I agreed to, to step back actually for a full year and uh, not be involved and so in doing that, I, I wasn't involved in anything in oneness, and I've sort of then gotten away from it. I do my own work, inner work, relative to all that I gained in 
the Oneness um, Ministry um, there in India uh, from the Oneness University. Um, and so it's it's still going on, but I'm, I, I have to say I'm not as active with uh, groups and bodies of people as I was when I was there. But that well, takes I no energy or power away. Well, I see that coming again. I see that happening again. <laughs> I just see yeah, it. Okay. I'm not necessarily there, but I just, when mm. I when I think of and I, I, I visualize you, I see that there's uh, large groups of people coming to sit in that in that oneness space. Obviously, it's post-COVID. But anyway, I just wanted to throw my two cents in about that because oh, it's... Um, well, thank you. It, and that is part of, of where we need to be. And I believe that, you know, COVID is offering that. You know, there's a new level of listening and because people are not so engaged in the habits of life. You know, these are my habits and this is what I do. And some of it's automatic, some of it's intentional, but these are my habits. But when we've had this experience of stay here and do sacred time out or time in or whatever we call it, there's definitely more of an engagement. And I see that post-COVID to have people sitting in that in that oneness space because that's really where we have so much of the deepening. I think we move from knowing. It's wonderful to be in knowing. It's more wonderful to add to that knowingness because that's the the depth of integration within our cells. For those of you that are just tuning in, I'm talking to Howard Caesar. If you don't know him, he would be a blessing in your life. You want to go to the website howardcaesar.com and when we come back in the second portion of our show we're going to talk about his book one plus one is one um, invite you to visit me at templehaste.com or to our online university illy.org so much going on to offer to people that are joining us internationally in this um, word that we call unity that like Howard, to me, unity means ways beyond a movement of just one organization, but the unity in all things. I like to say, um, united we stand and divided we are merely a distraction, Howard. <laughs> and, <laughs> like and for years, I thought, you know, I thought I meant that about external things, you know, or mm-hmm. our nation or, you know, whatever. But I, my, my greatest blessing is when I look at that inside myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's a process. It's a process ongoing. Um, but uh, it's a gift. It's also a gift to be here in this life. And actually, um, uh, it is part of all of our divine plan, in a sense, to be here during COVID, um, uh, to be a part of um, uprooting it and uh, helping it to go away, um, yeah. bringing light. It's, and uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And we're going to be tuning right back in. And okay. we want to address COVID with you because I really want to hear what you have to say. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. 
And welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for being with us. We are talking with Howard Caesar today, if you're just coming on board with us. And we're also addressing his work in the oneness uh, work, the oneness movement, and also his book, One Plus One is One. And all that is just knowing that the best way to stay in touch with Howard is to go to the website and follow him on Facebook and keep up with the various things that he is and, and will be doing. Um, I, I think it's, I don't usually, um, date the show Howard because, you know, I, I like to keep it fresh that can be reused and stuff like that. Uh However, Uh I think to date it with the conversation around COVID, because it seems we're going to be here a while. (laughs) I was just very curious to, you know, when, when COVID uh, first came and then we, you know, the, the human laws, if you will, I always said the human laws closed our community, spiritual laws would open them. We've been in no hurry to do that. And we just kind of said, with this time upon us, let us seize the day and focus on our global work that we have been longing to do for so long and it not become a secondary item and let's focus on our online university and blah, blah. Um, So it's just been very exhilarating. Uh, I'm aware that, you know, there's a lot of people that are inconvenienced and, and many suffering or losing their jobs and things like that. But I can only speak about the frame of reference of our own story that we're discovering a lot of new things about ourselves because we're not in a hurry to, and I certainly urge people don't say you want to get back to the way things were because that's not the law of creation. It doesn't create like that. It creates new in the now. And I'm sure with um, what you've been doing, I actually hosted a show you were on, um, you and uh, Mary Man and Marcy there, your, your friend, um, well, my friend too. Um, but what, um, what does it mean to you as a, as a leader of someone that's represented a, a lot of conversations? What, what is this time meant for you and what do you see it's offering us as a society? Well, a number of things, I guess. Uh, one thing would be that it has allowed um, us to go ye apart a while ourselves. Um, and we hopefully can use this time uh, as a time of reflection and contemplation. Um, you know, I, I gave a talk um about 10 days ago back at my former church, uh, Michael had invited me back and uh, we streamed, but it was, uh, my title was, where's God in all of this? And, uh, Mm -hmm. um, but my big question, uh, aside from knowing that God is always present in all things, uh, the question was, where are we in all of this? Uh, And that really the world is a reflection of, uh, you know, the masses of humanity and and it is a time where um, we want to look inside ourselves and see what uh, where our heart is, where our energy is, uh, where we are, you know, uh, picking sides in terms of the separation that argues in our mind for the me and the not me uh, that is in sort of uh, some form of competition or comparison or um, judgment or division, uh, whatever, because, uh, you know, there's a, there's a formula as judgment goes up, love goes down, and as love goes up, judgment goes down. And so I just think the world wants to come together with a kind of a new degree of world order. Um, 
the world is, you know, all of the world is facing this same problem, which is very interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. And so, therefore, there is something here for all of humanity to be learning in terms of potentially coming together to deal with problems not in separation, um, but really for peoples and nations and what have you to connect more and to communicate more and to collaborate and cooperate more, that that is where the world needs to be going. And I think that what is trying to be birthed on the big scale is um, a uh, a new world view and for old structures of sorts that are outdated and don't work anymore to die and for new structures to be birthed and born. Um, and so we are all a part of that because we're all interconnected. We're all woven into uh, the intricacies of everything that's happening on the planet all the way down to what's happening in our family to what's happening in our own hearts. And so everything begins with us, moves from center to circumference as within, so without. And so I just feel like every person on the planet right now um, needs to kind of work past fear, fear of what um, – is on the horizon that they don't want to have happen <clears throat> and uh, just trust that there's a higher order uh, coming into being and uh, and not so much get into judgment and taking sides. Um, I, I, I look at, you know, the temptation I have for things as I, you know, look at the news and all that's happening and uh, things that I may want to separate on out and uh, go, get uh, unhappy uh or judgmental, or even angry about um, certain things. And then I have to notice uh, that that's not contributing at all. And so I have to go back to just blessing it. You know, I, I study a, I study a lot having to do with people who have had uh, near-death experiences, but then have come back. And there's a, uh, in the, uh, the near-death um, experience foundation, uh, there's a, a foundation that studies this stuff, and uh, some couple of people did um, um, a God study, and it was basically studying thousands of people who met up with God and they came back, and uh, they remembered bits and pieces, and there was a commonality all the way through. And anyway, what what jumped out at me is is the number of them that said, even when things look like it's chaos and not working, and you don't understand. Uh, it's all under control. It's all moving towards a greater good. So uh, I think that this is a time for all of us to, to not lose track of our um, belief and the truth that all things work together for good. And it's only the separate mind that wants to build an argument and bring up evidence that this can't be so. Um, and so on the other side of, of trouble and chaos is order and peace and something good, and it's the next level of good um, that is to be experienced because we are all meant to be evolving individually and collectively. Um, and so that's what I believe. And I'm, it's you know it's still gaining clarity, um, but I look at the fact that um, I have a part to play in this, uh, and I'm owning my part and uh, trying to learn from it and bless all people. I sure my heart has gone out to. You know, the many, many, many families who have lost loved ones, I mean, gosh, um, through this and uh, and all the feelings around, you know, things that maybe have been botched that they feel like this didn't have to happen. And so there's just all kinds of feelings emerging and needing to be healed. Um, 
So I just feel like um, really we're back to oneness versus separation, and that oneness is the answer to every problem in an individual's life and in the world. But the world has a long way to go to learn what oneness is, how it's applied, um, how it can be lived, how you can trust it, how everybody can win, um, as opposed to taking sides. Um, and so uh, this world is still in that process, uh, for sure. Jesus said, be in the world, but not of it. And in this world, you'll have tribulation, uh, all those things, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So he said, you know, he not, not he said, but he did come into an imperfect world, and he left it. When he left it, it was imperfect, because it's really in our hands uh, to model uh, a level of consciousness that he brought, which was about love and oneness. Mm. Well said, sir. Well said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> one of the one of the um, things that you I've since I've known you, you, you say this: um, life is meant to be good, and it's you know one of the banners on your on your website. Yes. Did mm-hmm. how did that um, come to you? You know, the, oh. the unfoldment of that. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Thank you. Um, it's kind of been my banner statement, my signature statement. I think I've even protected le- legally <laughs> so no one can yeah. take it apart, take it away. Um, but basically, uh, that emerged in my first ministry when I was in Olympia, Washington. Washington. I was there for seven years uh, before coming to Houston for 34. And uh, on the radio, I did um, one-minute spots. And uh, they were just a quick bullet, and people woke up with me in the morning at 7 a.m., and uh, it was the same time every day. But anyway, at the end, I was said, are you there? Oh, yeah, we're here. Mm -hmm. Hello? Can you hear us? Hello? Yeah, I was afraid my uh, phone went dead or something here. Oh, yeah. No, you're clear. We hear you. Anyway, I, at the end, I'd always say, this is Howard Caesar, Minister of Unity of Olympia, reminding you, life is meant to be good. And so uh, I became known as the life is meant to be good guy in this town of city of Houston, of uh, Olympia. And when I came to Houston, I also then got on the radio and did one-minute spots and, uh, and became, uh, once again, uh, the life is meant to be good guy. And so... Um, that has just stuck with me and the ministry and uh, staff, you know, kept putting that out there as being kind of the banner statement from Howard is that life is meant to be good. And I always kid people and say, you know, I, I came out with that before the statement life is good, or that's on caps and T-shirts and everything else, you know, that statement life is good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so I just didn't capitalize on it. <laughs> <laughs> It's great to have a personal mantra like that. Mm-hmm. You know, for, yeah. for me, one of them is, you know, this is the greatest moment we've ever lived, or it can be, um, you know, welcome to this amazing life. And, you know, there are days that I go, now what did I say? Amazing. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm going to need to step into that a little deeper today. <laughs> you know, yeah. so yeah. I, I just, I love that because I'm sure there's been, times where you know in a space or a journey it's like okay it is meant to be good or often when we have mantras like that or statements it's it's fun to listening to other people want to argue about that 
what do you mean it's meant to be God? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that would be my next statement always was, uh, it's not only meant to be good, you can create it good. And let me show you how to create it good. That really life is meant to be a lo- about love and peace and joy. And those are all attributes of uh, a state of oneness. Oneness with yourself oneness with God, oneness with others, oneness with nature, one with all that is. And they all overlap because um, there is one presence and power, one intelligence, one energy, uh, one unified field, uh, all the things that you and I have you know, been introduced to and studied and, and really support this idea that uh, we're all interconnected. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. And it, it's such an anchor. It's an anchor mm-hmm. of realization uh, to be that grounded at the core, you know, and that's yeah. that's the part of articulating it to those that are tuning in today and, you know, and asking yourself certain questions about your life, your pur- purpose, your, you know, interactions with your family, etc., is to mm-hmm. create um, a wonderful mantra for yourself because it will, it's like one of your favorite songs, you know, that you, that you grew up with. If you have an anchor like that, it holds you um, liable and, and it, it supports you in a level of self-responsibility. So it's really cool. How long has your book been out? And I'm going to be shocked by your answer, I think. Um, <laughs> has it been like four or five years already? Um, it's been only, uh, two, well, let's see, two and a half. Um, okay, good. Uh, I feel better it, already. It came out in, in <laughs> yeah, it came out in, uh, uh, toward the end of 2017, uh, okay. or the middle of 2017, right in there. Um, but it's one plus one is one. And, uh, of course, sorry, I want to understand that, uh, how, uh, one plus one is one meaning, um, you and me, um, equals or are one that one uh you know any two things whatever their form add up to one in other words the sun and uh and i are one the moon and i am are one the stars and i are one you and i are one uh the tree and i and are, are one uh because it's all again uh created by one source and so anything uh, around us of whatever form, um, and it's really an affirmation of the formless um, and in getting kind of beyond just form uh, into the unseen dimensions of, of life, which is just the movement of energy and, uh, and higher frequencies and, um, you know, that type of thing. But uh, I just... Uh, you know, in, in spiritual, in, in arithmetic, one plus one equals two, but in spiritual principles, one plus one uh, equals one. Um, and and I go on to share that in all areas, um, oneness with oneself, with oneness with God, oneness with um, others, oneness with nature, oneness on a world scale, um, and then uh, various exercises at the end of the book around some of that. So, um I kind of tell about my journey as well as um, many stories uh, that depict uh, this this process. One of the things I've always admired about you and um, your your brother from a different mother, Roger Teal, um, <laughs> and I've, I've kind of watched you, you know, through the years, and I've been that way myself. Is that to organically pursue other things outside 
of our field that continue to expand us. I, I feel it's just so, so important. For me, it's been such a path of, of shamanism, you know, understanding more depth of infinity and wholeness and energy work and, you know, those kind of things because I, I needed more than change your thinking, change your life. And there is a part of that that's extremely powerful that I, I needed to delve more into the energy part, into the heart, you know, and I, I love mm-hmm. that you and Roger, you know, both talk about and I talk about the heart. I mean, it, it's all about, it goes to the heart there. Um, and is there, was, did you just kind of get a, a, a divine message that it was important for you to pursue oneness and, and other places in the world that would engage and, and draw out of you? Or is there like a formula or a thought or any kind of process? I mean, I, I just wanted to know your thinking on that. Yeah, it just kind of evolved in me. It just continued to broaden and expand. I was able to do uh, some traveling and uh, lead some pilgrimages to other lands and other people, and I got to see that basically everybody just um, is looking for something. And and basically what they're looking for is, um, you know, that, that big statement, know thyself. And I think the more we know our, not just ourself, but thyself, the part of us that is... Um, our true self, our spiritual self, our sacred self, our Christ self, the many names, the I am, you know, that's not the I was, not the, what I will be, but it's what I am right now in the moment that God created me to be and express as. And so I just saw that, and uh, there have been windows where, where I opened, and um, honestly, um, there was a stretch of about two or three months where I, I just felt uh, so connected to every soul. Uh, like every person was a, a part of my family. I just loved everyone and everything. And I had that window open to me, um, and it was actually back in the 80s. And it just it, it, it plugged me into something that I never let go of. I mean, yes, I've moved in and out of it. I, I don't know that I've, I've felt it with any extended period to that intenseness, but I feel like it was a gift given to me that said, this is the way it's supposed to be. This is who you really are. Um, and beyond who you're trying to be in the world with, you know, as an ego or a separate self, uh, focus on the identity of what you are. And what you are is absolute goodness, divinity, love, peace, joy. Emanate and radiate that as much as you can and as much as you can identify with that part of yourself. And so that's been a lifelong work. And sometimes I fail and sometimes I succeed, uh, at least in increments. And... um, so I therefore have been drawn to anything that seemingly connects me. That's why I've, I've studied uh, near-death experiences, the, the God study, thousands of people. And what have they come back and said similar? Because many of them speak about the same truths that you and I teach that just, uh, again, reconfirms everything that we're about. I've, I went to the Oneness University, and they, too, are uh, it's so combat- compatible with what New Thought teaches. Yeah, they had a few things like, you know, um, hands-on Oneness blessings and stuff like that, but, um, I mean, I, I went into... Um, I went into the darkness uh, to be initiated in one dynamic with them because they invited me and asked me. You had to be asked. But I was in the dark for five days and five nights where I could not see even my hands. And uh, in that experience is where I had one of the mystical experiences. Um, So, I mean, 
there's a part of me that apparently asks for and is drawn to that and is part of my divine plan. I also have gotten so much out of the Course in Miracles, um, which is, again, just another add-on uh, that that feeds into uh, what we teach about oneness. So uh, I've just been, the Spirit has kind of steered me here and there to gather even further uh, seemingly substance of knowledge, information, um, and and experience, because really um, oneness is an experience. It's not a concept, uh, as love is not just a concept. I mean, we can say God loves me, but uh, if we just live in the, our mind with that, uh, it means nothing. It's just a concept, and we have to get beyond and transcend the mind to getting into the heart, where we actually have God loves me as an experience in the moment. And uh, those are things to learn and understand how to get to. And that has always fed me. I wanted to know that so I could pass that on to other people um, to give them um, a taste, I guess, as much as possible or to help them experience a taste of that that I had for that period of like two months where um, something in me gave me a taste of this is the way you're meant to feel and perceive life uh, all the time and and it really translates to the to the people that that you're part of and that you're engaged with i remember deborah king um the shamanic uh, hay house author you know when she would come here to first unity she'd go oh I, i'm so excited that i you know to come here because i've had a new realization you know i've had a new depth of healing myself. Mm -hmm. I've had a new awareness and I, I'm so excited to, to share it with you because I know now we can go to a different level than we, than we have been able to before. And it, it, it's so important, you know, for those of you that are tuning in and it is a lifelong learning. <laughs> it is. It really it is. is. And right. it's about excitement. Uh -huh. It's not, I'm so surprised when people go, oh, I'm sorry, I still have to be working on this. And I gotta do that. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's supposed to be fun it, it, mm -hmm. because it's, it's, it's exciting to get to know new aspects of yourself, or at least I find it to be so. And with your laughter, obviously you feel the same. I love to be in the mystery of what I don't know yet. Yeah, yeah. And it's just noticing what's going on inside of you and not judging yourself for it. Uh, but being with it and uh, and and seeing what it has uh, to offer in terms of uh, going more with it or or just releasing and surrendering um, and letting go, you know, feeling your I would say emptying out. If you have you know something that's guilt or anger or irritation or whatever, let it empty out by feeling it through, and then they create space to make a higher choice and let something expansive in. That's right. That is so yeah. so right. And all I'm right, we've got a couple of minutes left for some of your wisdom, so bring it on. Bring it on, huh? Well, um, <laughs> bring it on. Well, you know, um, I don't know. We we both enjoy music. Uh, we both have ministries, uh, or I mean, I I was running a ministry, and now I'm doing some other things, um, still speaking and uh, coaching and uh, what have you. But um, one of the songs that has always been my favorite. Um, has been uh, imagined by John Lennon. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it has those words, and I've, I've seen in audience after audience tear up, cry, what have you, because they, again, it opens their heart, they feel connected, there are words that are so, uh, so to the core of all spiritual beings. And, you know, where he says, imagine all the people 
living life in peace, sharing all the world. Um, no, uh, no wars, no, uh, no religion even. Uh, in other words, we're all one. But he said, you may think I'm a dreamer, um, but I'm not the only one. And I hope someday you'll join us, and then the world will be as one. And I always loved that because, again, it was in that zone of oneness that he was coming from. And that was um, some sort of an epiphany that he had, I think, in writing it, if I recall the story around it. And um, he was a beautiful soul, and I think he was really in touch with uh, dimensions of truth that are truly, um, at their core, expansive and uh, the way life is meant to be lived. And he had a vision, too, of of, of, of the reality that we're trying to move toward. Um, you know, all of us really do play a role, I think, in, in trying to be um, bringing you know, heaven on earth. And the only way we can do that is to work on building um, an experience of heaven within ourselves. And then when we do, um, the people around us feel it, and they're touched by it, and they're moved by it, and they remember who they are by um, our remembering who we are. So um, that's that's my goal. I, I'm, I'm trying to be a bridge, and I'm trying to be a lamp. Um, you are a bridge, and you are a lamp. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. One of my favorite uh, cute little stories with John Lennon is that um, his mother, where you say life is meant to be good, his life, his mother always told him that uh, life is about being happy. So in the in the first grade, uh, the teacher gave an assignment. You know, what is the message or secret of life? And he wrote, you know, well, life, you're supposed to be happy. And the teacher told him that she he didn't understand the assignment. And he told her that she didn't understand life. <laughs> He must have known from the very beginning that that he was a difference maker, you know, and that he had something uh -huh. valuable to bring because that's so cool. Yeah. I just have that is cool. always loved that, loved that story, yeah. and I would love to know, um, you know, where he was at the time when he wrote "Imagine," because you're you're right. There's many songs that you know touch you, but collectively that that song just um it brings it brings tears to our eyes well i yeah. just i want to just thank you as a as a colleague and a person that shares this path we call life i want to just thank you howard and acknowledge you for the work that you have been doing and uh thank you for being a difference maker out there in the world it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today god bless thank you, you. Thank you. I love you to the temple and keep up the great work that you're doing. Right. It's an honor to have been on your show. Thanks so much. Yeah, bless you. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.